The Chiefs are going to Super Bowl 58. Five plus eight equals 13. What? 13 is Taylor's favorite number. She is doing all of this. Yeah, well, she has been to a lot of games. Says she's been to 12 so far. Super Bowl will be number 13. Yeah, and on the other side, a crazy comeback by the 49ers. 49. Four plus nine equals 13. Right. Anyway, the Niners are a good team. They're a one seed. What are the Chiefs? A three seed. One seed. Three seed. 13. Okay, but isn't she going to be in Japan for the Super Bowl on, like, February 11th? 2-11? Well, that's the day. Two plus 11 is 13. Uh, okay, but she can't possibly get there in time for the game. A nonstop flight from Tokyo to Vegas. Oh, I think I know where this is going. 13 hours. Okay, fine. I guess she could make it, but it's not 100%. 100. Oh, boy. 100 minus 13 is 87, which is Taylor's boyfriend's jersey number. Okay, but not everything is 13 related, right? Like, this game will be Travis Kelsey's 22nd playoff game. Oh, no, I immediately regret saying that. I know about you. Yep. I'm feeling 22. Somewhere in the bowels of the city that never sleeps. Kevin McCullough, radio host with Salem Media. Is a man also not sleeping. Syndicated radio talk show host Kevin McCullough. And that guy would like a word with you. Many of you know him from as Votes for Damas. Of course that Kevin show is going to be great. The only thing that could be greater, of course, would be that Donald show. But we don't have that, so we have that Kevin show. Featuring the music of Dick Tunney and the Dream in Color Orchestra. Still to come, she plays Mary Magdalene on The Chosen, an exclusive sit-down with Elizabeth Tabish, plus sketch comedy from The Holderness, and Assignment Desk Weekend, and another spotlight moment from rapper Tom McDonald. And now, from Times Square, where the drunk girls walking down the sidewalk say to one another, Oh my gosh, look how huge the moon is tonight. And her neighbor says, Girlfriend, that's a street lamp. Here's the... David. Yes? How many times have I told... Don't bury the lead like what, that. What, what I The do? drunk girl was Nikki Haley. Oh. And, and, the, and the girl that helped her was her campaign All manager. right. Or that's that's what we, <clears throat> we, heard. We, we we actually we don't have any proof of that at all. So, but don't bury the lead. Let's get to the news. For assignment desk weekend, I'm Kevin McCullough. Tonight, as illegal Venezuelans bust themselves across America to the new territory of Mexifornia. The border continues to poll as the number one issue concerning American voters. Between drugs, crime, and the deteriorating quality of life, it has become the runaway issue that voters will be casting ballots on in 2024. In fact, it's gotten so deadly that extreme measures are now being taken. The newest strategy to send Dr. Phil to the border to try to talk migrants out of coming into the country which might just work, because if anything would keep you from wanting to come to America, it's being talked to by Dr. Phil. Results thus far are reportedly mixed. The judge in President Trump's January 6th case has halted the proceedings, scheduled to begin on March 4th, the day immediately prior to Super Tuesday. 
but the proceedings have been postponed indefinitely. Prosecutor Jack Smith, arguably the world's worst federal prosecutor, always loses before the Supreme Court, is reportedly curled up in a ball in his office at this moment, crying and job hunting. Multitasker. He's looking for work after being a federal prosecutor, which will probably come to an end when the next person gets elected because he attempted to prosecute the next president of the United States. Simon Desk Weekend would wish him luck, but instead, we think we're going to have a sip of celebratory coffee in this bright new shiny coffee mug. Mmm. Mmm. February is Black History Month, and to celebrate, Target stores attempted to join the festivities. Sadly, it was short-lived when they, when the magnet game that they had stocked included historical black characters like Booker T. Washington and W.E.B. Du Bois. But they had to take it off the shelves because someone who teaches history actually noted that in the game, Booker and W.E.B. were labeled Snoop and Ben Shapiro. Target has apologized for the error. And finally, because I know you were all wanting to know, it has been confirmed. Taylor Swift will attend Super Bowl 58 against the 49ers as number 87 plays his 22nd playoff game in the presence of his bejeweled, anti-hero, mastermind girlfriend. Her private jet has secured parking for the 2-11 event, and it will be parked in Hangar 13. All right, I quit. That's it. No more. For Assignment Desk Weekend. Today is January 739th. This month is 104 months long with no concept of time. How long ago was Christmas or was it 26 years ago? You forgot what all your presents were. You honestly don't know. Is it possible that in one month you got COVID twice and you've been on this diet? You forgot tastes like and you try try january and it isn't any fun at all especially with jason kelsey doing shots out of a bowling ball today is january 739 you went for a walk at 5 p.m which was 10 o'clock at night only around the block but it lasted seven weeks when you started the walk you were 48 and now you are 63 you thought you were done with jackets and so you put them all away and then a windshield came to town and it lasted a thousand days well at least that's one more football game we've got the super bowl but by the time it have come and gone 
Probably seems like this song has lasted 40 weeks, but the actual runtime so far is about a minute 53. Cause we're in a timeless vortex, it's a winter purgatory, and you can't remember anything from 2023. There's nothing to look forward to, but maybe Valentine's Day, but that's in February, which is 82 away but this month is basically the same has dial up internet why isn't it February yeah. <laughs> so serious our hearts are so tender all our emotions right at the surface Laughter, tears, closer than ever. Should we avoid dark places out of fear? Or should we be light to them? Night is coming, and I have limited time. And as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Let's not argue the sins of the past. We've got light to give. This teacher from Nazareth is a sinner. All of you! This man is dangerous! Oh, I am just getting started. We will concentrate our efforts on preserving God's law. You really need to do something. Don't become infamous for overseeing the town where a revolution started. You blind guys, neglecting what is actually important of the law. Justice, mercy, faithfulness. Whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light. All I know is this man must be from God. I was blind. Now I see. Ready or not, we'll be right back. That Kevin. And welcome to a special on-location piece of That Kevin Show. I'm That Kevin. It's nice to have you here. Uh, I am very, very pleased to be at the Quad Theater in uh, Lower Manhattan in Greenwich Village because The Chosen Season 4 is about to break open. And that's kind of cool. My kids have been dying for this since Season 3 ended. So we're looking forward to a very exciting month of February where you can see the entire series in the theater. So go and see it, because you're not, you're not going to have a better screen to see it on. But one of those important characters that has uh, not only been 
in the first three seasons of The Chosen so far. She was in The Chosen, The Messengers, and Chosen, Holy Night. She's even done some non-chosen stuff in the last year with Angel, and we loved her in The Shift as well. Elizabeth Tabish is back with us at That Kevin Show. Elizabeth, it is great to see you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, you're excited. It's about to roll out. You guys have been working on this yeah. for a while, and I think my TV show and radio show are kind of special because I've had more of you guys on the show than probably any other show in North America, and every one of them that have been by uh, have said, the story's getting more intense, but you've got to see it now more than ever because the, the production value and the quality and the acting and the 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 work of the ensemble coming together is just unlike anything else. What's been your experience thus far? I mean, the, yeah, the scope of season four is it, everything is getting um, bigger and also more dangerous. And um, filming season four, you know, we film in Texas and Utah, and there were so many group scenes and there's so many unexpected events that occur this season that to to the group that kind of shock and stun us all. Um, and so it became a very uh, communal, very collective sort of grief session um, that we were all helping each other work through a lot of emotions on and off screen because because a lot of it is gets pretty heavy this season. Yeah. Um, I was speaking with, um, and I'm trying to remember which one it was, uh, but <laughs> one of the disciples. Uh, a lot of them. Yes, uh, and he was he was he was just effusive about the element of the family effect on set, mm -hmm. that you guys have really become something more than just a collection of individuals. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we um, it's been like five or six years now for some of us from season one to now, like we've gone through, <laughs> we had very humble beginnings. So uh, there's a handful of us that were there at the very beginning that, you know, we were just trying this. We weren't sure if it was going to be successful or not. And, um, and so there's, there's this nostalgia, I think, of like remembering we're halfway done. So we're remembering how it started and, and how it's just slowly grown. And we've added all these new characters and new actors and they just keep, you know, the family keeps getting bigger. Um, but we are, you know, doing very intense emotional work this season. And um, we know that what's coming, we know what the next few seasons are going to be. So uh, there is this this bonding that happens naturally, but then also just, you know, doing those scenes make makes us closer as friends. Yeah. And then becoming closer friends influences our performances with each other. So it's just all coloring, you know, back and forth. In the overall arc of The Chosen's existence so far, um, it has become either because of a vacuum or just because of uh, the destiny of what it was, it has become the gold standard for what uh, people that are trying to tell biblical or even faith-based stories are measuring things by. And it's impacting um, the world of, of really family-friendly entertainment as well, big time. Y you're an example of that. Um, you were part of the shift this mm -hmm. last year, and that had an incredible impact as well. Mm -hmm. um, streaming services, non-traditional media delivery, all of this, it's changing the landscape. Um, is this what you thought you were going to be doing? Uh, no, I wasn't. <laughs> I, I wasn't thinking. I, I had no idea what I was going to be doing, honestly. I thought maybe teaching or something, but um, this is all very 
incredible and surprising. I think from day one, it's it the chosen's done things in different ways. Um, even like the idea of of making it available for free on the app is uh, sort of unheard of in this industry to make content completely free that's of this quality. Um, and then, you know, even we, we just, there's a lot of things that have happened uh, on the, uh, you know, I don't know, in the cultural zeitgeist that uh, most productions were shut down during COVID, right. but we filmed during COVID. Uh, during the SAG strike, we were the first to get the, the interim agreement uh, because we were outside of the Hollywood system and the studio system and... Uh, the contracts we had were in agreement with what SAG was wanting, so it was it was very supportive. You've you definitively know. cut a path that I mean, is like kind of the the way of the future for people. Yeah, and then also you know putting a TV show in theaters is like very it's all unheard of. Yeah, but, uh, it's well, it's certainly got the interest that would create the demand for it, and then it moves to yeah. which this month. For those of you watching, it will be season four in the theaters, and then it will be moving to the streaming services beyond that. I want to talk a little bit about um, the uh, the way people have responded to you in real life now that you've been playing Mary Magdalene in all these different uh, episodes. And I don't want to leave out the Christmas specials because I thought your part with Mary in The Messengers was, was really beyond just touching. It was really... Um, moving in in many ways but do people come to you on the street or when you're out in life and they say you have no idea what the impact of what you're doing is making on me or my family right now and what's the most like memorable story you've had along those lines i've gotten that uh at at chosen events um for the most part i uh, uh, sort of anonymous in public. Um, people don't usually come up to me. If they do, it's a very friendly, are you on this, you know, are you look like the girl who plays Mary Magdalene. So um, it's it hasn't been a particularly, like, invasive thing. It, I still feel like um, I'm just a person, you know. Um, but at, at events and and places where we're all together as actors, we, we all get approached and um, it's just been this overwhelming, like, sense of... Uh, Has there been one that stood out? <laughs> yeah, there's there's been... Um, there's been stories from other people that have shared. Um, uh, there's a, a number of women who have shared stories about younger women who have gotten out of human trafficking, who have been introduced to the show and felt represented and seen because of the Mary character, because of Mary Magdalene and, um, and her storyline. And, and they feel seen, they feel, you know, like their, their story is represented in a really, um, in a positive way where there's a happy ending and there's a second chance and a new beginning. Um, and that's all, every time I hear stories like that, it, it, it's, um, makes me realize what a beautiful purpose this show has. My viewers over the last um, four years and listeners on radio have um, combined efforts to help liberate about 4,300 enslaved individuals, um, mostly in Sudan, but working with a group called Christian Solidarity International that does it in 18 countries. Stay with us. More with Elizabeth Tabish from The Chosen on That Kevin Show next. Stick around for more of That Kevin next. 
you have, you have exercised some veto power over women's roles that you've been shown and that it's not because of hubris or anything. You're really trying to get the experience represented. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about what that journey's like. Um, it really started when, I mean, my background's in theater. There are wonderful female characters in theater, um, really complex and interesting characters. And then when I moved to Austin and started doing a lot of commercial work in indie films, I kept kind of running into the same types of roles. And it was kind of one-dimensional um, girlfriends or, you know, there was always this, this, I mean, at that time in my 20s, it was, it was, you know, asking for sex scenes or nudity or they were supposed to be somehow sexualized. And, um, and at first you think, oh, you know, everyone's trying to get this role, so it must be something worth, <laughs> worth something. Mm. And you look at it and you're like, that, that's not what I want to do. That's not what, that's not what the world needs, <laughs> you know? And that's also not how women are. <laughs> that's like this sort of male fantasy mm -hmm. of, of women in cinema from the beginning of time has always been objectified. We've always been objectified. And there have been so many moments in, in the history of cinema that, that's been challenged and changed. Um, but, you know, here I was in, in Austin in the industry. I was, you know, 2012, 2013, like it's still an issue hmm. uh, that women are still being objectified. And, and so I was frustrated with it. I started making my own films, my own short films uh, about with female protagonists that were a little bit more in depth and honest and, and uh, you know, psychologically real and relatable. And, um, and yeah, so I've, I've been... It's kind of interesting because that is certainly like one end of the gamut, but on the other end, there's almost this um, attempt to sometimes make women become men. Yes. And, and there's, nothing, there's nothing in the middle of where real it's life is. a strong, heroic woman, which is pretty much just a male character, but played by a female. Right. Absolutely. There's, there's something missing in terms of like what the, the actual female experience. But I feel like that's because we need more chances as directors <laughs> and writers. Okay. We need to represent ourselves, and we don't always get a chance to do that. Yeah. I, think, um, I think that is changing, which is wonderful. Um, but when I read the script for The Chosen, when I read that first episode for Mary Magdalene, I thought this this team like understands something about the female experience, yeah. and um, even just showing that Mary had been assaulted and dealing with um, PTSD from that and trauma from that was I thought was very brave. And it's Dallas's style to also collaborate and to work and to have feedback and to I've never had any issues strengthen. with the, the writing on this show for Mary. I've always really appreciated the way they wrote her. So I've never like fought back on anything. I always have yeah. been grateful for the way they've written the female characters on this show. There's a lot of them. There are. And it, they're all very different and they're all very realistic and relatable. Um, other projects I have kind of fought for, like <laughs> she needs to be a subject, not an object. She needs to have her own desires and her own goals. She is a person. She, after is all. A person. <laughs> she has her own thoughts. Yeah. Um, talk to me about your next project. Um, yeah. Because I hear. Do you know there's a next project? <laughs> Armenia and Azerbaijan. Yeah. And yeah. with uh, what CSI is doing in human slavery, they're also, they were also waving the flag for Nagorno-Karabakh, which just fell to the Azerbaijanis about two months ago. And a genocide basically mm -hmm. was committed against the Armenians that still live there. And it's one of the most ancient Christian holy sites uh, 
in the Middle East, and we couldn't get, we, uh, we, we spent a lot of airtime on it. We couldn't get uh, a, a lot of people to pay attention to it, and I felt bad about that. But you're going to tell a story that's kind of related to that. Yeah. Um, it's, the project's called Beyond Borders, um, and it is a real-life story about a, a couple who are alive and I think living in, I don't know, in, in the States. Uh, they moved here um, from, so they, they, their home was Azerbaijan, and uh, it's this Armenian couple with their two daughters, uh, and things escalate in the 80s, the violence and, and the danger in their Armenian neighborhood. So they move to Russia, uh, to Volgograd, and then they meet a wonderful Christian missionary couple who invite them to visit America to share their story. And we see this transformation as as my character Violetta Petrosian um, becomes Christian and and kind of lets go of of this identity as a, a atheist and communist and and mm. realizing like what uh, what Jesus was really teaching of of the you know loving your enemies and turning the other cheek and then we find they they find this hope and. Um, and new beginning in America, and so it's it's this beautiful story of immigration to America, and um, how how this church completely changed their lives. Wow, what what better timing for such a story to be told to Elizabeth Tabish? Uh, congratulations on all your success. Thanks for talking to us tonight. Stick around for more of that Kevin next. That Kevin Show with Kevin McCullough. Tom McDonald is yet going to end tonight's show with um, a really, really uh, heartfelt uh, tune. I, I'd never heard of this guy. I look, I know that I'm kind of out of it. If it weren't for my lovely bride, I'd have no concept of pop culture whatsoever. And so you have to understand that assignment desk weekends, all the Taylor Swift jokes, all that stuff. It's because I've got people around me that keep me in the loop on that stuff because I would literally not know anything. I did not know Tom McDonald or any of his story. Um, prior to he and Ben Shapiro recording that song that you saw last hour. I'll just tell you, uh, I'm impressed with this young man uh, because it seems like he's had a hard life and he is in the midst of coming back from it in a big way. But he's got a song called Stronger Virgin that we're going to, uh, Stronger Version that we're going to end with uh, just before we're done tonight. So do not miss the final music spotlight. I, I, I want to say a couple of things. First of all, if you really do like the merch, we got a ton of it, and I'm excited about this. Uh, at Kevin Show, uh, you got the uh, you got the hoodie, and this is the this is the boss uh, this is the, the the boss man black hoodie. Um, the lovely bride was wearing the white one yesterday. We just we just got our our first uh, versions of these, but we got hoodies, we got the coffee mugs, we got uh, we got all kinds of stuff. We got those stickers. You know the you know the stickers that you put on the Stanleys the Stanley drink mugs we got the stickers and those are really inexpensive. In fact, let's light up my email right now. You want uh, I'm I'm going to give a coffee mug away tonight. Lovely white coffee mug with the that Kevin Show logo neatly printed on it. Uh, I'm going to give it to the uh, seventh person to email me right now. KMC. 
Uh, no, no, no. Uh, that Kevin show at gmail.com. That Kevin show at gmail.com. If you're emailer number seven, you get the coffee mug this week. That Kevin show at gmail.com. That Kevin show at gmail.com. We've got, um, I got a couple of other things I want to make sure you know about too. I've been telling you about this report called The Secret War on Cash. My very, very good sponsors over at Swiss America are making this available uh, at no cost to you whatsoever uh, tonight. Uh, the Secret War on Cash. This is the expanded edition. Uh, when I when I worked my way through this report, and I thought I already knew kind of what the um, government was doing by way of its, you know, desire to um, um, pick on us for lack of a better term, uh, monitor our transactions, see where, where every dollar that we have and where it goes and what it does, uh, they're snooping on us. They don't want us to use cash. They want everything electronically traceable, and they want to be able to, at any given time, turn off your account. Well, if, if they're going to wage war on our ability to fund ourselves, then I would say we need to look at uh, very specific options on how we prevent that. And that's what they'll go into, uh, what the war on cash is doing to your money, the secret war on cash. It's the expanded edition. You can get this tonight. You just go to SwissAmerica.com backslash that Kevin show. SwissAmerica.com backslash that Kevin show. And you'll get the uh, same report I'm holding in my hand right now. now if you want the mug, <clears throat> be the seventh person to email me at thatkevinshow at gmail.com right now. This beautiful mug can be yours, thatkevinshow at gmail.com, thatkevinshow at gmail.com. Now, lastly, you know, last week there was a lot of um, uh, discussion of a certain uh, pop star uh, and the fact that she had had some um, very unflattering um AI pictures uh, circulated of her onto the interwebs. And on Assignment Desk Weekend, we poked a little fun at that, talking about how, you know, artificial intelligence and AI design and all that stuff was coming about. I had no idea at the time that what we were talking about were um, AI depictions of Taylor Swift being sexually assaulted after a football game. Um, and, and I just want to make this statement about this. There are a lot of weirdos in the conservative movement the last few weeks that have been hypercritical of Taylor Swift for things that I, I'm not familiar with. Um, people have been going after her uh, for saying that she's endorsed President Joe Biden in the election cycle, uh, and she hasn't. She endorsed President Biden in the last election cycle. But she has not said a single word about this election cycle yet, and I don't, I don't know that she's going to. I think when you're someone that's as concerned with your brand as she is, and she has a very wide appeal to a lot of people across the globe, I don't think she's going to be eager to damage that by going out there and saying, oh, I'm getting behind this guy for president. Now, she might, and if she does, it's still her right to do so, and it's her fans' rights to make the decision to go where they want to go with their vote anyway. However, uh, I want to correct the record and say she has not done that. She has also not spoken out politically in this election cycle on issues. 
She's not taken a side on many of the biggest things that we have out there. But for some reason, the uh, idiots in the conservative movement that just are jealous of Taylor Swift, I think, I think it's just pure jealousy, they decided to get on their high horse and try to try to make something of this. Just because she's popular, just because she's dating a tight end, just because she's going to beat the Super Bowl and has her own private jet to fly in. I really do think it boils down to that. I think if you're a frustrated uh, organizer of you know a conservative group and you didn't make the billions that uh, she did and you would like to someday, I, I can see where you might be a little bit frustrated with that. But having said that, um, what was done to her with the AI depictions of inserting her face and body into depictions of being sexually assaulted, that is unforgivable. I don't care what kind of... Uh, what kind of uh, anger or difference you have with someone that is beyond the pale. And it's something that's going to become more common. I, let me just put it this way. I'm aware of someone who in their personal life has had this um, little uh, thing visit them and it is, it, it, it is not nice. So um, I, I was just, I'm on this track because I just saw this uh, story from Candace Cameron who said she's she's no use of using a she has no intention of using AI for filmmaking in the years to come and we probably shouldn't be Kevin McCullough coming right back from New York not. Tom McDonald next we'll be right back Ladies and gentlemen, once again, Tom McDonald. A couple hundred thousand cigarette butts. A million beers or maybe more. Ooh. A couple dozen times I mess things up. But I'm moving on from before. Ooh. People don't like me for things I forgot. But I can't pretend to be someone I'm not. I've been sober. A couple hundred thousand pills swallowed A million tears or maybe more Ooh. A couple dozen pretty hearts I broke But that isn't me anymore Ooh. People don't like me for things I forgot But I can't pretend to be someone I'm not I've been sober
Lord, I hit the ditch, walked right off the edge. I got knocked down and got up again. Oh, I tried to live more like my friends. I can't be nothing but just what I am. And I've been sober, I've been wasted. I spent most of my life in between. McDonald and his big hit, Stronger Version. What a night. Thank you for being here. Thank you to Ben Shapiro, Tom McDonald, uh, Hilton Beckham, Elizabeth Tavish for the sit-down, uh, and Hillel Newer. We appreciate all of you, friends. Kevin McCullough asking you to come back, be with us every single weekend right here for That Kevin Show. Also, please don't forget brand new merchandise at thatkevinstore.com. And everything that I make, every piece of editorial, audio, video, everything, thatkevinshow.com. Follow me on social media as well. Have a great weekend. We will see you next time.